Welcome to episode 32 of Insects for Fun. I'm your host, Mitchell Logan, and this week we are taking a look at one of my favorite butterflies and the largest butterfly in the Americas, the owl butterfly. Owl butterflies are 20-some-odd species within the genus Caligo and are found from Mexico down into South America, flying in both the rainforests and secondary forests. Secondary forests simply means the forest has regrown after a cutting or clearing either from a natural or man-made process. The butterfly, as stated in the intro for this episode, is indeed the largest butterfly within the Americas and it's got a wingspan ranging between 6.5 to 20 centimeters depending on the species. Blue morphos can also get up to this size and share similar coloring. This often makes the two confusing to distinguish between for a novice butterfly watcher. And yes, butterfly watching is in fact a hobby, much like bird watching. And on the topic of birds, Owl butterflies get their name because of the very large conspicuous eye spot seen on both their outer hind wings, as well as the patterning and coloration. The under slash outward facing wings really do resemble an owl, especially a horned owl. Pictures will of course be on the Instagram page along with their caterpillars because, wow, those really don't look like caterpillars, but we'll get to that in a bit. The inner slash upper facing side of the wings vary heavily by the species, with some being more black and monocolored than others, but they do often have blue, which does not help at all for people who already have difficulty differentiating them from blue morphos. But if you listen to this episode and check out the Instagram page, then you too can be confident the next time you encounter one of these butterflies. My personal favorite is Caligo atreus which sports bright blue and cream orange on the inner wings, and its outer wings look like they went through a warm vintage filter. The caterpillars for these butterflies are pretty monstrous, competing in size with the hickory horn devil, which we learned about last episode, but their appearance is very, very different. So different, in fact, that the caterpillars for these look like hairy slugs. Yes, that is an oxymoron but there seriously is no better description. The tail end of this caterpillar is slimmer than the midsection and forks into two tails that look like eye stalks on a slug. And the head is also narrow and flattens into the body. Something unslug-like would be the tufts of fur that poke out of their back. Some species have longer tufts than others, which look like a row of spikes going down where a spine would be. I've seen these in person while at a butterfly house in Montreal, Canada, and they really are huge and unlike any other caterpillar I've ever seen. Earlier, I mentioned that the genus for this group of butterflies is called Caligo, and there's a good reason for this. Caligo in Latin means darkness or the dimness of light. And as it turns out, these butterflies are actually crepuscular which is just a fancy word for being active at dawn and dusk. Next time someone asks why you look tired during the day, just hit them with the I'm crepuscular, and I'm sure they won't bring it up again. But honestly, it's really cool to see them flying around in the evening or dawn, because the last thing you expect to find mid-flight is a giant butterfly. During the day, these butterflies like to perch under large foliage and rest, 
it's a smart move because predators would have no trouble finding them flying around. The butterflies feed in the evening hours on a variety of things from rotting fruit and animal dung to flowers from heliconia, fan palms, and the family Cyclanthaceae, also referred to as Panama hat palms, and bananas. But banana trees are not native to the Neotropics, so this usually occurs on banana farms. The primary diet is definitely rotting fruit though, which is why you find so many of them clustered around bananas, mangoes, and other common fruits at butterfly gardens. It's actually quite common to see them in exhibits that offer an indoor butterfly room along with blue morpho butterflies, probably because they are some of the largest butterflies in the world, and they also happen to be easy to raise. The caterpillars feed on the same plants the adults fly to, making them a pest on banana and plantain farms. So much so that it was apparently proposed to use parasitic wasps on farms in certain countries to lower their populations. Now, I tried to find records of this, but I was unable to. And to be honest, I feel like releasing parasitic wasps in a neotropical country would require a huge amount of testing to make sure the wasp wouldn't affect native populations of other insects. Unless, of course, it happens to be a native wasp. But moving along to the topic of predators, owl butterflies actually have a semi-erratic flight pattern. The same thing is seen with blue morphos, which I talked about in the blue morpho episode. And this is to help protect them from being targeted by birds, reptiles, and other predators. These butterflies don't fly for long durations at a time, and they end up frequently pausing on trees and other hard surfaces, which confuses animals that are trying to lock on. I've actually experienced this firsthand in the forests of Belize, while walking down a path when an owl butterfly flew into view. I had a net ready, but I could not keep track of its zigzag flight and its random pauses in the brush. Suffice to say, it got away and I ended up in a pile of mud, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Owl butterflies also partake in a behavior known as lecking, which is when male butterflies stake out a territory and then compete with each other for the attention of a female. These butterflies usually line up along a forest edge or along a road and sit waiting for a female to fly by. The males actually scent these territories using pheromones and will even fight off other males who fly into their lacking space. If a female flies into the territory of a male, he will pursue her for a short while to see if she's interested. And if she's not, that's just the way it goes and he'll return back to his perch. What's odd is that the areas males choose to lek aren't very strategic in terms of resources. Oftentimes, these locations don't have anything in particular that would attract an owl butterfly. They usually aren't even in an area the butterflies would normally inhabit either. It's like these butterflies specifically chose areas where they could stand out and can really show off what they have. The funny part is that the males will often be relatively close to each other too but not close enough to overlap territories. It really feels like a show hall where females fly slowly down the line to choose which male they want. This usually happens at dusk or dawn, with many observers claiming that the phenomena only lasts until the sun makes it over or under the horizon, depending on the time of day. Now, if you'd like to check out the Instagram, you can find all these images at insects number four fun and if you'd like to send an email requesting something that I haven't talked about yet, 
you can send an email to insectsfordummies at gmail.com. And of course, if you enjoyed the episode and or are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to rate it and leave a review if you can on whatever platform you listen. It really helps out a lot. Next week, I have a very special collaboration episode with another entomology podcast known as Just Bugs. It's a really fun episode, and I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it. Thanks again for listening, and you'll hear from me next week.